unsung heroes, paratroopers, gliders, innovators, North Africa, Sicily, a secret war in the Balkans you have never heard about. Let's get into the real World War II with historian, retired U.S. Air Force Colonel Mark Vlahas. Right here, right now, on VT Radio. Let's go. With host Johnny Punish. Okay, I'm on here with VT Radio, Mark Vlahos. Did I pronounce that right, Mark? Hey, you sure did, Johnny. Thank you. Good. Well, welcome. To, you know, this is the first show of 2023 um, that I'm doing, and I want to welcome you as my first guest of the new year. I'm super excited because I'm a huge fan of history, and you're a historian, you're an Air Force colonel, retired, of course. And uh, you've done many, many books on uh, World War II history, and I want to talk to you today about all that. But before we get started, tell us about yourself, your service to the country. You know, you're a colonel, 29 years. Tell us all about that first so our viewers know who, who's talking here. Hey, Roger that. Hey, Johnny, thanks for having me this morning. I really appreciate this. Looking forward to it for a while. Um, I joined the Air Force. My father, I come from a family of military service. Uh, my last name is Greek, so I have a family mm -hmm. history of merchant mariners, naval officers, Greek guys, you know, sail mm -hmm. ships, but I broke the mold. I went mm -hmm. to Virginia Tech and joined in Air Force ROTC there, was commissioned in June of 1982, uh, spent mm -hmm. a career in uh, C-130 operations. I was a uh, master navigator by trade. I have some pilot time also. Uh, just uh, worked with some of the, the greatest people uh, our Air Force, our country provides, and uh, spent a year in combat, uh, was able to command a flying squadron, uh, be a vice wing commander. So the Air Force uh, offered this ordinary guy the chance to do extraordinary things like it does a lot of people. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but the uh, what's interesting is the uh, the C-47, the C-130, is the grandson of the C-47. So Getting into World War II uh, was exciting. I met a lot of veterans in my career in the 1980s and 1990s at Flying Squadron reunions. I met in person guys who dropped paratroopers on D-Day, listened to their stories, and I just, uh, just it was fantastic listening to them. And then one day I realized they're all dying. Uh, their stories aren't being told. I need to record these. I need to... Uh, mm. I need to, this is a major void in history from the greatest generation that I need to make sure does not get missed. So that's kind of how I got Incredible. called to do this. Yeah, you know, I was looking up uh, in my research for this program, there really isn't a lot of information on the paratroopers, especially the 60th at all. <laughs> and so I'm excited to talk to you about that. Uh, but for, tell us about the book that you wrote about it first. So which, what's the name of the book? Okay, yeah, the book we're chatting about today is, is, this is my newest book, Leading the Way to Victory. It's a history of the 60th Troop Carrier Group. Uh, 1940 to 1945, and uh, the 60th was the first C-47 group, brand new airplane, great, great airplane to deploy to Europe in World War II, and uh, and they continued that string of firsts throughout the war. Uh, the first combat paratroop drop. Yeah, there's a, a lot of people do know about the paratroopers, but if they could never get to the battlefield without the C-47s. Or some of them rode in gliders too. Most most people don't know we had glider pilots yeah. in World War Two, and that's incredible. Uh, I didn't actually. I'm a World War Two guy, and I'm like gliders. I, really? Okay, that's real. Okay, yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, there, well, yeah, there were. We made. Uh, we produced over six thousand glider pilots in World War Two. Uh, the glider pilots were actually part of the troop carrier squadrons. So the C forty seven squadrons 
the glider pilots were part of those embedded in those squadrons, and uh, the they flew the CG4A Waco glider, which was the primary uh, U.S. produced glider used in World War II. And I tell you, the glider pilots—they were a rare breed, man. They had guts. I'm telling you, to land that uh, no engines landing at night behind enemy lines, getting shot at low and slow. Is that crazy? Is that is actually crazy? Is that what that is? I, yeah, the G stood for guts on their wing. Glider wings, they have G. We call them G wings. And yeah, the G stood for guts, I'm telling you, because you don't know if you're going to crash into a stone wall, a tree, a barrier, you know, Rommel's asparagus, you know, the Germans laid <laughs> up, you know, to try to mess up the glider landings. And yeah, quite a story, the glider pilots. Wow. So, okay, so now these guys, uh, they went in uh, this this group, the 60th carrier group. Did I say that correct? Yeah. They they, they first uh, went into World War II through Sicily. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, actually, uh, they had to go through uh, North Africa to get to Sicily. So they deployed to England in uh, November of 1942, Operation Torch, when the Allies invaded North Africa. This was the first time us and the British combined were, were taking you know, the offense to the Nazis. Uh, and uh, we entered through North Africa first and uh, went across Algeria. The first uh, paratroop drop there to 60th flew a nonstop mission all night. It was a one-way ticket, one-way mission. They only had enough gas to basically go to their destination and land. That, think about that crazy. Taking off from England, flying all night over Spain, and then uh, on dawn, coasting in the coast of North Africa near Iran and uh it was a complicated plan, too, and they were carrying the first— Where is Oran, Africa? I'm not sure where that uh, is. It's in Algeria there. Algeria, okay. Yeah, it's right on the coast. It's the uh, a major port, and that's where the uh, one part of the, the Allied landings were on uh, the east and west of that city. And the 60th—the paratroopers, by the way, this was the the 503rd paratroop, uh, Parachute Infantry Regiment. These were the first paratroopers to deploy overseas also. That The second of the 503rd became the 509th later. And, uh, but their mission was to take two airfields just behind the coast central to the, to the French and Nazi positions, uh, right behind the beaches there in, uh, in Algeria. And that was their, their mission was to take those two airfields, the paratroopers carried by the C-47s, 39 aircraft C-47s of the 60th troop carrier group. And then from there, they, they headed over to Sicily. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the 60th followed the army across North Africa. We pushed, obviously, the Germans had them cornered in Tunisia, boxed them in there. They surrendered. And then the next step, right, Operation Husky, which was in uh, uh, July of uh, 1943, the invasion of Sicily, uh, the 60th played a major role in that, flying the first combat glider tow mission flown by the U.S. USC 47s in World War II. Where, where did they land in Sicily? Was it the south of Sicily, or was it where, where did they actually land? What was interesting is the, uh, the the British landed on the east coast of Sicily. The Americans kind of on the south coast. But the the C forty the sixtieth troop carrier group uh, was allotted to the British sector, carrying the British first airborne division into combat uh, near behind, near Catania, Sicily. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, but they tied they towed uh, gliders. There was a uh, hundred and twenty five uh, gliders in the first mission, and it. Uh, it was a disaster for many reasons. A lot of lessons learned in blood that at least we studied and proved, you know, later on with the main reason we were so successful with airborne and glider ops in Holland and Germany later in the war in 44 and 45. Because of the lessons learned. Yes, sir. Through failure. 
through failure and blood. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. it was what was interesting is the uh, at this time glider operation doctrine was all daylight operations. The British commander General Montgomery dictated a, a night glider mission, which wasn't even in the doctrine. Uh, mm-hmm. His British pilots were flying because they couldn't get enough of the British horse gliders to North Africa, which the British pilots trained in. They had to fly the American gliders, which they were not used to. And the American mm-hmm. glider pilots had to give them a crash course in how to fly the, you know, the America uh, Waco glider. Uh, there, but actually, most people don't know this either. And this is kind of the subject of my next book I'm writing. I'll give you a little teaser here. Okay. Uh, on this first British glider mission, this is unknown to most Americans. There were 26 American glider pilots that volunteered to go with the British on that mission, not knowing they were volunteering for a combat mission at the time because oh. the British were short 26 pilots for their gliders on that, that invasion of Sicily. Hmm. And wow. six, yeah, six of the American glider pilots were actually killed in combat on that mission also. Really? So that was a very clandestine type thing or people didn't know about it or what? Well, yeah, it's just, uh, well, it was, it was kind of a disaster and <laughs> so many, the release point was over water. It was a night mission. Sadly, there was a strong gale wind, a headwind. Uh, many of the gliders uh, were released too early, too far offshore. And sadly, uh, 69 gliders, you know, went down in the water, unfortunately, again, and this was just such a disaster. And there were a lot of disasters in Sicily from an airborne perspective. The American right. Navy and British Navy shot down 23 American C-47s carrying paratroopers to the American sector as part of that operation. It was just, there was just so much that we learned that we didn't have right because we, the planning was rushed. Uh, it was just, you know, the training, you know, these were brand new guys and flying combat missions for the first time. Training was inadequate at the time, just barely enough qualified to fly the aircraft. So it was a lot of lessons learned, airborne lessons learned in, in the invasion of Sicily. Wow. Question for you. Um, do you know how the Sicilians took it uh, to have the British and the Americans on their soil? Are you aware of that? Do you know anything about that? You know, it's interesting. That's a, that's a great question because – that a lot of the uh, the Italians who obviously fought with the Germans uh, in, against us during the invasion, but they uh, they treated the Americans, especially the Americans. You know, a lot of them had families in America. You know, they mm-hmm. they treated uh, prisoners well. They accepted them, f- helped fed fed feed them. So it wasn't you know a uh, an aggressive type resistance once the Americans got landed there. I think they were kind of happy because you know later on Italy, Italy actually. You know, Mussolini, you know, they uh, kind of joined our side. And uh, so against the Germans, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it actually, I think that, that kind of laid the groundwork for the Italians to, to you know, to drop out of the the um, Axis uh, coalition. Right. You know, my, my family is actually, my, on my father's side is from Sicily. I was just there um, in Palermo, right above Palermo. We are, we're from a town called Marineo. It's about 40 minutes uh, in the mountains of Palermo. And I was just there uh, last year. Uh, I'll be uh, there again probably March or Febu- uh, March or April, something like that. I'm going to ask uh, my, um, my, my family there, because I still have cousins there. For 500 years, they've been living there. Uh, I'm going to ask them about the – because there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of oh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, there's super history from the from the Greeks. It's called Magna Grecia from, you know, from way back to all the way to World War II. I'm going to ask him, what happened during World War II here in our town? Because did the, would they participate? What's, what side were they on? Did, did they see the American troopers? Because when you say they came to the south, that would be probably Agrigento and the south, probably it, something like that. It, exactly. Gala, if I'm pronouncing it right, Gala. G-E-L-A. Uh, what's interesting, my mother's side's from Sicily, but uh, okay. Acapinti, my mother's maiden name. Ah, but okay. uh, yeah, the American sector and you know Patton and, and his army uh, landed in the south there and drove up uh, towards Palermo, actually. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, you're Greek and Sicilian. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole place is called uh, Greater Greece or Magna Grecia, right? Yes. I mean, for that's where it started. So, so it's really we're we're both Mediterranean. It was the same thing. We're probably brothers. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> there you go. Thank okay. You. So now, so, so now they're in Sicily, and 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 the, when they land, what do they do when they land? What, what's happening at that moment? Well, it's interesting. You know. You know, C-47s dropped paratroopers. Glider pilots actually were part of the infantry. You know, they until they made their way back to home lines to fly another mission, they actually fought, you know, as as infantry with the British there. But, uh, yeah, the Americans, once uh, Sicily, you know, we conquered Sicily, then all your C-47s groups, including the 60th, jumped from Tunisia and, and were rebased in Sicily, jumped forward with the army. So all year, the 60th uh, was stationed in Sicily, actually, for about a, almost six months. And then they moved into the boot of Italy in Brandigi. Uh, so they spent about the, the rest of the war, the 60th spent the rest of the war in Sicily and Italy. Uh, they participated in the invasion of Greece. And then the secret war in the Balkans in Yugoslavia find a lot of secret missions supporting the partisans, which is a huge part of my book. There's a huge chapter. Mo again, part most Americans are not familiar with what I call the secret war in the Balkans. Uh, combat yeah, no, I never even heard of it. Well, I wanted to ask you about that because I never heard of that. Well, what do you, secret war, what's going on here, man? Yeah. Explain this in more detail. Yeah, so what's interesting is during World War II, again, complicated scenario. There's a civil war going on in Yugoslavia, and uh, but what's interesting is both sides are obviously civil war. They're fighting each other, but they're both fighting the Nazis also. <laughs> so here we have an opportunity to tie up Nazi divisions in Yugoslavia and keep them out of Europe, which you know helps mm -hmm. the the effort on the other fronts. So the entire 60th Troop Carrier Group, 52 C-47s, from March of 1944. Through October of 1944, they were based in Brindisi, Italy. They flew secret combat missions, airdropping supplies, and landing behind Nazi lines in Yugoslavia, supporting uh, Tito's partisans in the war effort there, evacuating wounded, and, and just it's it's a it's a whole another story. And this is a whole fantastic story too. They they rescued over 500 downed Allied airmen from bomber bomber crew members flying out of Italy you know, bombing into Romania and Hungary, Pulaski and all those places. A lot of those bombers were shot down. The crew members bailed out. They made their way back to safety, were assisted by, you know, in Yugoslavia by partisans. And uh, we actually rescued those people. So an amazing Operation Halyard was what that's called. I, I mentioned that in the book also. Wow. Uh, to be honest, that sounds like something like we need to make a movie out of that because just to bring it to the attention 
of more, even more people, right? A book and a movie. You got the book. Let's make a movie out of this darn thing. Cause it's, it, you got a, a secret war. I mean, this, this needs to be told the story. Don't you think? Yeah. There's, oh yeah. There, there, there's actually a book. I think it's called the forgotten 500. I believe is the name of the book. I have it on my bookshelf. I just can't remember the name of the author. I can, I can let you know later, but there's a specific okay. book dedicated just to that, to that mission, getting the over 500 oh. downed allied airmen out. It's a fantastic book. But, but I mentioned because the 60th flew that mission. It's obviously, I, I talk about it in detail in my book also operation halyard was the name of that right now have you spoken to any of the families of these men uh are any of them still alive i i i don't know if that's true no i but. sadly i i don't believe there's there's any more people alive from the 60th and or the the subject of my other book the 314th uh from world war ii but that's part of my research. Whenever I start a new book, I use social media and other platforms, venues to reach out. I say, hey, if, if you have a family member who served in this unit in World War II, I'd love to talk with you. And, and, and that's how I get a lot of my primary source material, pictures, uh, stories. And I, I try to include, right. you know, whenever I write a book, a unit history, I name as many people as I can. I want to get everybody in the book. They're all listed in appendices, you know, the crew right. lists and stuff, the, the planes they flew. So family members can find out what their relative did in World War II. That's part of my passion yeah. and why I do what I do also, to preserve the history and help the families out. Completely amazing. That's a, a, that's a gift. That's a Christmas gift for everybody all year long forever. So that's awesome, dude. I think that's first class. Yeah. Hey, I mean – that's my calling in retirement. Now I'm retired, retired uh, as of 31 August. Yeah. I'm you know, 62. I'm retired. So this is uh, my passion, airborne troop carrier and glider operations history. Yeah, right on. You know, um, hi history is a, a big thing with me. Um, I, I do a lot of Ancestry.com stuff to look back at our history, you know, for family history. I also help other people look back for their families and genealogies and stuff like that. And you run into uh, people that served, they did, like families did not even know their families served at all. Right. Uh, for example, my my aunt uh, Barbara, she's uh, uh, of German ancestry. She had no idea that her German ancestor came over in the 1840s and actually served for the Union Army and was highly decorated in in the Civil War. She had no idea whatsoever. Oh yeah, none. yeah. yeah. Well, my first, I, I grew up in Virginia, so Civil War history was my first passion. Uh, I live in Texas now. Central Texas was settled by the Germans. They were very pro-Union, right. very pro-Union uh, throughout the American Civil really? War. But yeah, just another really? neat, neat part of history, yes. That's uh, New Braunfels, I guess you're in? or Yeah, New Braunfels. It's a German town, actually. Uh, Central Texas was settled by the Germans. Uh, Fredericksburg, New Braunfels, all the, mm -hmm. in, these, in the, the 19th century. Yeah, that's in incredible. So, so your, your gift, uh, there might be some grandchild out there right now who might be two, three years old, who's going to be 30, 40, 50 years old someday in the future and may not know that they're – uh, grandpa, great great grandpa served in the uh, 60th, and may, they may see your book, and, and and those are the kind of things that we, you know we run into when we do some research and history to look back. We run into books like yours, like wow, did not know that, you know, and that's a really important thing that connects human beings, you know. Yeah, and one of the things I do, and, and this is obviously my second major World War II unit history, I, I use social media a lot, so I actually create right. a Facebook page group for the 60th the 62nd oh. and 64th, their sister groups. I have about three or 400 people who are in that group, family members, wow. family members, people interested. And, and I, that's how I connect people. And I, I, uh, I, I run administration for these groups and same with the, the 314th, my previous book, same thing. I have three or 400 people in that group also that are connect. I reconnect, you know, through, through social media.
Awesome. Now, how many books have you written so far? Uh, this is my third one. I'm working on my fourth now. Wow, that's incredible. And I'd love to write a book. Uh, I wish I had more time. How do you how do you uh, come up with time to do this? How do you sit down with yourself and write these books? You know, it's, it's, are you married? I, yeah, I'm, I'm married, actually. Kids? Uh, yeah, my, my kids are older. You know, they're out of the house. Uh, okay, my wife so, and I so like, you have a little time. Yeah, we, we have an RV trailer. We like to travel, see the U.S. So the neat thing about writing is you can do it anywhere. When you take, you know, a couple hours a day or, but now I'm fully retired as of this year. So I'm, you know, every day Saturday, except there's no college football, you know, but, but, <laughs> but you, 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 you got to stay mentally challenged. And this is in retirement and physically yeah. challenged. And, but this is right. my way of staying mentally challenged in research. Uh, one thing I do, I'm, I'm on the board of directors of the National mm-hmm. World War II Glider Pilot Committee, which is the association field. And, uh, we do free research for uh, families of World War II glider pilots. We maintain a database of those, and we help people learn what their family does. So I am uh, stay very active in that association, and it allows me to write magazine articles, too. I probably write, for every book I write, you know, I write three or four magazine articles, you know, short oh, really? Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'd love to feature those on VT, so anytime you're ready, just go ahead and send them to me direct, and I'll get them published for you. Oh, sure. Okay. Absolutely, yeah, because anything historical, anything history of World War II, we're all about that. And so just let us know. We'll get that done for you. Yeah, I do have a, my own website, markcvlahos.com. Okay. It has a lot of my yeah. articles and information on all my books on it. It's a great resource. Yeah, I see that. With You got pictures of the book on there, and you got uh, – yeah. is that That's not you in the uh, in the jacket, is it? Yeah, that's, that's me in all those pictures. Um, there's a Civil War – picture of me in a Civil War uniform. It's a picture of me in World <laughs> War II uniform. Yeah, I was gotcha, a, gotcha. I was a Civil War reenactor for, you know, 40 years on and off when my awesome. military career allowed me. But, yeah. So, so been, definitely, l- listeners and viewers, check that out. Uh, again, so that's – what's the address uh, – the, the address, the website address? Mark C. Vlahos, V-L-A-H-O-S dot com, my name. Gotcha. And that's the best way to reach you? Yes, you can con- – there's a contact. You can hit the contact button. It'll shoot an email to me on the bottom of the page and love to hear from people. I, I hear from people all the time about different stuff. And uh, love it. Okay. And also, to get the book, what's the best way for people to get this book? Oh, Lord. Just it's, – it's in worldwide distribution with all major booksellers, Amazon. Just type in Leading the Way to Victory uh, in, in Google search. It'll, it'll come to – the book will come up. And whatever people – Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, you know, whatever favorite uh, way people will use to buy books or they might have a, mm-hmm. a credit type deal, a good deal that they use. Uh, it's worldwide distribution. Do you know if you're also issuing an audiobook on that? Yes, there's a, there will be an audiobook and an ebook, both on this one. Okay, wow. Okay, very cool. All right. So perfect. Well, I'd love to have you on the show today, Mark. It was fantastic talking to you. Glad to promote your work and uh, looking forward to working with you more on getting your articles on our site and uh, educating people about history. And I want to thank you for being on VT Radio. This is the first. Uh, broadcast of the year 2023 it'll be uh uh monday uh i think january 2nd right That's, uh, we're, we're brought we're actually filming this uh a little before the new year's a day before but it's going to be uh put out on january 2nd so january 2nd you, hey thanks yeah i will definitely look look for that i'm writing that down yeah right you'll now. be the first one so and uh, and for for listeners out there, I have my new VT cup. Uh, it's the first time I got it. I got it for Christmas. If you're interested, just become a member of VT, and you'll get your free cup. It's a free cup. There you go. VT Radio. There you go. Hey, so lo- all members get that. Hey, love it. So I went to Virginia Tech for my undergrad. So I'm a VT guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. And it was a pleasure talking to you. You have a wonderful year, and look forward to working with you in the future, my friend. Sounds awesome, Johnny. Thanks. 
If you enjoyed this presentation, hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.